All right, so as much as I personally don't like to question the institutions in which, you know, provide us what's supposed to be reliable information on everything from academia to, you know, uh, government reporting to even just the news at, at this point, and I'm not going to get too political about this because that's not really my goal. My goal is to kind of report and connect the dots on what's been going on. And so I think that ultimately it saddens me that I, I have to question certain things at certain points in time. And the reason for that is because particularly in the last couple of years, we've been discovering things that have been hidden right under our noses. I mean, as, uh, as Eric Weinstein put it, um, for those of you who don't know, Eric Weinstein's a, a very highly regarded intellectual figure who is somewhat delves into the whole idea of, of conspiracies and what have you. We stumbled upon construct after construct, meaning, you know, the whole thing with Epstein, the whole thing with these these leaked uh, reports coming out, um, you know, the whole with WikiLeaks, w with all that kind of stuff, we've stumbled across things that we probably shouldn't have. Now, with that being said, it could be argued that it's a, you know, a double psyop, so to speak, where these leaks are done on purpose. But I mean, if they are, it's just to cover up something that is even greater than that of what is being released. So what I'm going to be talking about in this episode is something called Operation Mockingbird. Now, Operation Mockingbird was a large-scale project undertaken by the CIA beginning in the 1950s in which they recruited American journalists into a propaganda network. And the recruited journalists were put on a, a payroll by the CIA and instructed to write fake stories that promoted the views of the intelligence agency. Now, this is nothing new, so to speak. This is something that people would call crazy until you realize it's actually true. And it's been going on for a very long time. When you look at, you know, the, the band uh, SNL commercials, when you look at, you know, former agents uh, admitting that there are CIA agents placed strategically into each of the mainstream media uh, businesses and outlets to sort of, you know, push certain agendas when you realize that the CIA has its hands all over Hollywood because they know that the entertainment industry is really a, a deep way into the, the subconscious of people's minds. You realize that as this stuff starts to come out more and more, it doesn't sound as crazy as it actually, you know, uh, as people make it out to be. And so Operation Mockingbird may not still be going on now. I, I don't know for sure. But the whole premise of this is that this concept operation, whatever you want to call it, is still going on to this very day. Now, Operation Mockingbird later expanded after the 50s in order to influence foreign media as well as domestic media. And don't kid yourself, even countries like Canada and what have you, I I'm telling you right now, they just follow suit with what the U.S. does. If not, like the influence is identical. So Frank Wisner, the director of the Espionage and Counterintelligence Branch, spearheaded the organization and was told to concentrate on propaganda, economic warfare, uh, preventive direct action, including, you know, sabotage, anti-sabotage, demolition and evacuation measures, you know, a subversion against hostile states, including assistance to underground resistance groups and support of indigenous anti-communist elements 
in threatened countries of the free world. Now, journalists were reportedly blackmailed and threatened into this whole network of things. Now, here's the thing. It's very simple. Since the beginning of time, if you can't get someone to do what you want, you try and bribe them. If you can't bribe them, you, you blackmail them. If blackmailing, if that doesn't work, then you threaten. You threaten their lives. It's very simple. So, I mean, it's not a you know, mysterious concept. Now, the CIA's financing of independent and private organizations wasn't just meant to create favorable stories. In fact, it was also a means to covertly collect information from other countries that were relevant to America's national security. Now, before I go on, I just want to say, when you realize that Operation Mockingbird kind of falls in line with everything that, you know, Edward Snowden leaked and... And, uh, you know, the things we're finding out about, you know, the Epstein uh, scandal and what have you, it doesn't sound as fucked up as we thought it would. I mean, when you think about it, if you had said even a few years ago that there's this this private island where, you know, uh, high level lawyers and politicians and and actors and, you know, uh, rich elites go and they, you know, have sex with underage girls and what have you, people would have laughed and said, what are you smoking? What are you on? But now it's coming to be completely true and legitimate. And so the New York Times and I think it was Ramparts magazine exposed the covert operation in 1967 when it reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA. And this is nothing new. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to be a, a, a congressman or a, a senator to know what's going on. I mean, at Ultimately, people think that, you know, the government is this one big body conspiring against the people in the world. I don't think it is. I think it's multiple branches that are kind of always at odds with each other. You know, factions, if you want to call it. But they all have the same ideological premise in mind. And so, a 1977 article in the Rolling Stone, written by Carl Bernstein, was titled, The CIA and the Media... And Bernstein said in the article that the CIA has secretly bankrolled numerous foreign press services, periodicals, and newspapers, both uh, English and foreign language, which provided excellent cover for CIA operatives. Now, these reports led to a series of congressional investigations done in the 70s under a, a committee that was set up by the U.S. Senate and named the Church Committee. And so the Church Committee investigations looked into government operations and potential abuses by the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, and the IRS. Now, here's one thing I want to mention as well. The reason why I think PSYOPs, psychological warfare, I think PSYOPs are more prevalent than ever before is because these agencies they don't want things like the Warren Commission and the Church Commission or the Church Committee propping up again. They don't want, you know, Congress knowing about this. This is what I'm talking about when I say there's a shadow government inside of the government that can't be controlled by the president. They're governed by the loyalty to each other and to the, to the loyalty of those who are aware of what's going on. It's a perfect example of like how in, I think it was the mid... 80s, when George Bush Sr. was the head of the CIA, and he was asked by some of his, uh, you know, underlings or the people below him, you know, sir, should we report this UFO finding to the president? And 
George Bush Sr. said, no, we're not going to do it. So ultimately, it just goes to show you that these agencies are obligated by moral stature, if you want to call it, to report to the president what's going on. But what happens when they, they throw moral stature out, out of the window? You know? And so what happens is that it's pretty much a free-for-all, essentially. You know, agencies against other agencies. You know, um, things being hidden from the president. We also have to remember that the presidency is just a placeholder seat, right? It, it's nothing crazy. And so it, it's, at the end of the day, after four years or maybe eight years, it's gone. But these people in the intelligence community, these career people, they, they, they're in there for 30, 40, 50 years. And that's where they can hold secrets and, and make an impact and push their own agenda, right? And so, in 2007, around 700 pages of documents from the 1970s were declassified and released by the CIA in a collection called uh, the Family Jewels, as they call them. And it's interesting how they have all these cool names, eh? And the files all surrounded the investigations and scandals pertaining to agency misconduct during the 1970s. Now, here's the thing. They released these things. And I'm not trying to make a conspiracy around the, the release of the documents, but they release these things because they don't want to be looked into anymore to what they're currently doing. And so what they do is they say, listen, here's something from 30, 40 years back that will keep everyone occupied and get them off our, 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 our chest. I mean, listen, you don't have to be a super smart person to realize this and figure this out. And so ironically enough, in these family jewel files, there, were only, there was only like one mention of Operation Mockingbird in this whole stack of files in which it was revealed that two American journalists were wiretapped for several months. Now, declassified documents like explicitly showed that this type of operation occurred, although it's never been officially confirmed as the title of Operation Mockingbird. And here's the thing, ironically, it's also never been officially discontinued either. Right, And so maybe it's got the same project name, maybe it's different, who the hell knows, right? And so ultimately, what we have to do is, is realize that as much as it's easy to fall down the rabbit hole of these far-right conspiracy theories and what have you, I think when you, I think the, the, the truth lies more in not taking a political side to things, but looking at things from a non-biased point of view. And what we have right now is that from this non-biased point of view, if you really try and take a step back and look at things, is that we're questioning everything. I mean, when you look at, like, for example, the, the case of shutdown STEM, okay, the, um, in the case of shutdown STEM, when uh, Black Lives Matter was, was in George Floyd was, uh, was starting to come to its, its, its peak, so to speak, and it still is, but initially, I believe it was two or three months back, what happened was that these institutions then shut down for a day or two in, in petition to support Black Lives Matter. And, you know, that, that's a different discussion in and of itself, but the point is, is that if these institutions can be controlled, whether it's from good... Um, good sources or bad sources or what have you, the point is, is that they can be controlled and manipulated when they really shouldn't. And the reason for that is because ultimately, when you have an institution, they're supposed to be non-biased, they're not supposed to be involved in anything, whether it's a great movement or a terrible movement or what have you. 
particularly in politics. And STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. And the thing about that is that when you have those kind of um, industries or uh, what have you, whatever you want to call them, involving, uh, you know, being involved in a political sort of support like group, that's when things get scary. And I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm just saying in general. I'm not trying to get into politics. I'm, I'm just saying very generally. These institutions are supposed to be non-biased and they're supposed to continue their work as, you know, as they, as they see fit regardless of what's going on in the environment around them. You know, the fucking world could be ending, but as long as they still can survive and have the money to do their research, they should still be researching. And the problem with that is that when they're not, it makes you question the whole system. And this brings me back to my previous episode of the disc theory by Eric Weinstein, the um, distributed idea suppression complex, where there's this kind of loose organization of individuals who sit near the top of these institutions that sort of turn down ideas unless it suits their agenda. They're sort of like, you know, top-down pyramid ideology. And so what happens is that you then go into things and you look into things and you think, okay, listen, if they're covering these kind of things up and these are becoming more and more apparent, what's happening to... Things that, like, you know, um, UFOs, what's happening to things like, um, you know, WikiLeaks, what's happening to things like, uh, you know, uh, Pizzagate. And I say, I say Pizzagate loosely. I'm just trying to relate it to that of more so the Epstein uh, sort of situation. But the whole point is, is that if they can cover these things up and do it so evidently and so apparently, even if they know that... You know, even if these intelligence agencies who influence these supposedly non-biased institutions know that what's happening is being questioned by a select group of people, as long as they have the majority of society on their side, that's all that matters, right? And so when those things happen, you realize, God damn, like what else are they covering up? And so ultimately, I think that Operation Mockingbird is sort of a, um, a, a spring load, a foundational jump for what is to come and what's being hidden. And ultimately, you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to believe in what's going on with Operation Mockingbird. And you start to think, like, you know, foreign policy and, and, and domestic agendas within the United States and what have you, you realize that the people that have been elected or the people that have, you know, generally been there for a long time, obviously being there for a longer period of time attributes more, you know, power and therefore just by the, the, the basis of, of extensive knowledge of being there for so long, you understand that, you know, you start to understand more things and you start to find out more secrets and you get let in on more things. You start to realize that it, it's a criminal enterprise. That's all it is. Because technically if things were to be moral and upstanding, Within government, there should be no, you know, there should be no climate change. There should be no poverty if that's how things are supposed to be. It's kind of like, you know, they have the money to go to war, but they don't have the, suddenly they don't have the money to, you know, give free tuition to people. And I'm, I'm not saying that they should. I'm just kind of giving an example, right? And so ultimately what this comes down to is 
using Operation Mockingbird as a springboard and a foundation for the things in the institutions that we might actually be questioning later down the road. And that's what is scary because we don't know what, what, what's happening. And Operation Mockingbird is something from the 50s. You know what I mean? In another 25, 30 years, that's going to be a 100-year-old operation. So we need to really think about what, what, what's going on, essentially. And, you know, you can label people intellectual conspiracy theorists or just conspiracy theorists or what have you. But at the end of the day, there needs to be a framework of which we can now question these institutions on, even though nothing might change. I mean, ultimately, the biggest argument might be, listen, nothing's going to change, so what's the point? But you know what? There's a group of people out there that want to discuss it, and maybe their ideologies might kind of slip through the cracks one day. So that's, uh, that's Operation Mockingbird. I wish I could kind of give more on the topic itself. I mean, I'm sure there's some details I missed out on, but at the end of the day, it's essentially the CIA's influence on public opinion and, and what have you, right? Through the, the, the funding of different media outlets and whatnot. So whether they're small media outlets on college campuses or, you know, larger ones which have been confirmed by many former CIA officials who've gotten in trouble, by the way, for having said that they have agents inserted into, you know, institutions like CNN and, and MSNBC and Fox and, and whatnot. So... Ultimately, let me know what you guys think about this, and uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you.